0: Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast.
1: And you're tuned into to Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio. Stay tuned to 3CR um, for a bit of a critical analysis and news and views on LGBTI issues here until 4 p.m. Thanks to Encyclopedia for the previous broadcasting hour, as always. Um, I'm your host for this hour, and my name's Iris. I'd just firstly like to start off with an acknowledgement of country. Now, 3CR is broadcasting over the lands of the Kulin Nations, the Rundri and Bunurong peoples. Sovereignty and genocide. No, sovereignty was never ceded, and genocide is ongoing on these lands. I'd like to pay my respects to all Indigenous elders, past, present, and future, and acknowledge any Indigenous listeners tuning in. Yeah, um, it has been a big 24 hours. I'm sure many people who tuned into 3CR are aware of the death and custody of Northern Territory Police in Demu. Um, of a Royal Preman last yesterday, and there's been protests there overnight and in Alice Springs today, um, and this happens also the day before the resumption of the Tanya Day inquest. And I'm sure many 3CR listeners would have heard about, which is about the death in custody of, of, of in police custody of Tanya Day. Um, so, we're seeing a lot of police violence, and it's really disgusting. And it's so important, from my perspective, for queer liberation to be bound up in social justice struggles against this um, police violence and against colonialism and racism that affects the communities, including anti black racism that affects the communities most targeted by police. Um, in terms of today's show, it is going to be a bit of a heavier show. We have some audio from a vigil, and later we'll be talking about the blockade IMARC, which is a blockade that blockaded the International Mining an international mining Conference in Melbourne the other week. Yeah, so firstly on the justice for Melody Poland bruno which is the first part of today's show. Um Melody Polin-Bruno um, was a Filipina trans woman murdered in Wagga Wagga on 22nd of September 2019. Um... May she rest in power. The investigation is still ongoing, and um, she le- was allegedly murdered by a-, a man who was known to her. So I'm going to bring you audio from a vigil organized by Anti-Colonial Asian Alliance, Coal Nations Melbourne, Anakbayan Melbourne, Philippines Australia Solidarity Association, Gabriella Australia Organization, and members of the trans community, including myself and Taz is also a part of this program. Um, wait, I'm just going to bring you that audio now. So stay tuned to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on your AO dial, streaming live at 3cr.org.au and on digital radio and on demand later. So stay tuned to hear from the vigil. It's going to start with um, the um the the chair of the rally Laura McLean who I had as a guest on a previous programme.
2: My my name is Laura, Um, I am an Aboriginal Wurundjeri woman from New South Wales um, and have helped organise this today. Um, I just want to start with an acknowledgement of country. I'd like to acknowledge that we are standing on the lands of the Wurundjeri people, of the mighty Kulin Nation. I'd like to pay my respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. These lands were stolen, they were never ceded. Um, And I'd like to extend um, those respects to any other Aboriginal people Um, here today as well. The fight against ongoing colonization continues, um, so yeah, we should um, keep fighting. So the reason we're here today is to honor the life um, and memory of, um, sorry, I'm just getting my thing back up. Yeah, so we're honouring the um, life and memory of Melody Poland Bruno, a Filipino trans woman who was murdered in Wagga, Wagga on September 22nd, 2019. Melody has recently been re- returned home. May she rest in power. Um, we've come here today to hold space and provide solidarity and bring awareness. Um, with this, there's also some collection buckets going around to help fundraise for Melody's family with funeral expenses, etc. Um, So those will be passing around. If you have any money, um, please contribute. Um, So we've got um, five speakers today, um, and I guess we'll start with um, Alexia. Um, Alexia is from Migrante, Australia, and yeah, please welcome her. Sorry, there's no mic
3: stand. Hello, Um, I'm Alexia Fuentes from Migrante, Australia. So, as you know, on September 21st, just last month, a Filipino trans woman was found unresponsive and bruised in a home unit in Wagga Wagga, New South Wales. She was taken to the hospital and died shortly in the following morning. She was only 25 years old and she was here in Australia on vacation for two months. And she was killed less than a week before she was scheduled to fly back home to the Philippines. Her name is Melody Polan Bruno. A man was charged of manslaughter for the killing of Melody, but he is now out on conditional bail. The circumstances of how she was killed remains scant and he, it is yet to be fully disclosed by police. It is suspected that she may have also been choked and sexually assaulted. Her family couldn't afford to travel to Australia to recover Melody's body. Her father is a farmer and her mother is a secretary at a barangay hall. Melody was the breadwinner of the family and her family has called on the Philippine government for help to send Melody's remains back home and seek justice for her death. The Philippine government has agreed to shoulder the costs of Melody's repatriation to the Philippines. The grieving family had to pick up Melody's remains from Manila all the way from Surigao del Sur province in Mindanao. Melody is now home with her family but she is already gone. Women Trans women, and especially trans women of color, are harassed, discriminated against, assaulted, abused, and killed at a disproportionate rate. And this number is continuing to rise despite the increasing acceptance and visibility of a trans and gender diverse community in recent years. Some people would still like to think that it's okay to assault someone for being transgender and, furthermore, for being brown or black. The Philippine government's only response is to repatriate Melody's body. It has yet to play a decisive role to push for an investigation into the case for fear of damaging its relations with Australia. The Philippines depend on the remittances of migrant workers. The suspect in Melody's case is allegedly from the Navy. If it is true, we've had a case in the Philippines before where a Filipina trans woman, Jennifer Laude, was also killed by US servicemen. The US government was able to secure him and had escaped prosecution in the Philippines. We we do not want the same thing to happen to this case. We must call on the Philippine authorities to play a role in further pushing for an investigation and punishing the man responsible for Melody's death. We want to know the full details as to what exactly happened and how Melody was killed, so that her case will get the closure that it needs, as well as for her grieving family and the entire Filipino-Australian migrant and trans community. We call on for justice, for Melody, and all violence against women and trans women of colour. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Alexia. Before we continue, I think it's important that we have...
1: And this is where the visual goes to a minutes of silence, which we won't have. And in terms of donations to Melody's family, I'll provide a link to that in the show notes. Um, And stay tuned to hear more from the Justice for Melody Vigil held in Melbourne um, a week or two ago.
2: Thank you. Our next speaker is Charmaine Rabusa from Anakbayan Filipino Youth Group. Um, Please welcome Charmaine.
4: Hi guys, so um, I'm going to be reading a statement from Anakbayan in Sydney, which is also the same sentiment of Anakbayan in Melbourne. So um, it is with heavy hearts that Anakbayan Sydney makes this statement to condemn the murder of Melody Polan Bruno, a 25 year old Filipina trans woman who was killed while on holiday here in Australia. Melody was due to return to the Philippines on the 28th of September, but was killed in Wagga Wagga, New South Wales just a week before her flight home. The daughter of a small farming family in the provinces of Mindanao, Miss Pauline Bruno was on vacation from her job at Makati Call Centre where she made a living as a de facto breadwinner for her siblings in Manila. Australian and Philippine officials and police provided few details on the circumstances surrounding her death but information suggests that Maladie was a victim of sexual assault and rape at the time of her murder. After First Nations women, Filipino women represent a disproportionately high percentage of sexual and domestic abuse victims in Australia. The negative often conflicting stereotypes which paint the Filipino women as either the dangerous woman or the woman in danger, are persistent and effective methods of our dehumanization. As a trans woman of color, Melody was also particularly vulnerable to the often fatal violence that disproportionately affects transgender women of color around the world. We must confront and dismantle the intersecting colonial values of white supremacy, supremacy, classism, sexism, and transphobia which laid the grounds for Melody's death and many others who have paid for this corrupt and violent system with their lives. We join Akaba Bayans, Anakbayan Melbourne, Gabriella Sydney, Migrante New South Wales, and others in demanding justice for Melody. This means a full, fair, and transparent investigation into her murder. Stop the violence against trans women of colour. Stop the violence against Filipino women.
5: Okay,
2: thank you, Thank you, Charmaine. Our next speaker will be Ness Gavanza, who will be speaking on behalf of Gabriela Australia. Hey,
5: Ness. Thank you. Sorry. Hi. Um, I'm from Gabriela Australia, the, the Filipino women's organization. Here in Australia, we have um, chapters in Perth, in New South Wales, and here in Victoria. We basically are advocating for um, migrant women and children who have been impacted by family violence or domestic violence. And we know that Melody is now part of the statistics, which is one woman being killed every week due to family violence. And definitely it is family violence. And we do have... um, Outstanding campaigns at the moment along with other ethnic community groups, and this is about calling for Equitable services for all women and children of course including trans women like Melody um, Regardless of their visa status because um, the reality is a lot of the women especially Filipino women and where I think We're at the top of the church of the chart in terms of the most um favored spouse or partner of an Australian. Um, And we know that a lot of us of those what we call partner migrants or women um, who who don't have the visas or partner related visas and thus would not be able to access services provided by the Australian government or funded by the Australian government are really in a very vulnerable situation. So I would think, and I'm speaking also as the volunteer social worker of Gabrella, that Melody would have second thoughts of even accessing our um, services because she knows that she's on a tourist visa, and she would know that she services would not be able. She could. She would not be able to access these services that are currently open to those women and children that have been impacted by family violence but are very specific to those that have partner-related visas. And this is the, the smallest number in terms of the um, migrant community that fell victim to family violence. So um, from Gabriela Australia we call um, for justice for what happened to Melody, and to give um, the due assistance to the grieving family back home in the Philippines. We know the circumstances where the body of Melody was not even transported to the um, to her town, to her actual town, and she is also like many of us migrants here in Australia is a breadwinner for the family. So it's not only um, you know putting an end to the life of um, a very young, talented woman, um, woman of color or trans woman of color, but also the lifeline, the financial lifeline of the whole family of Melody. So we call for justice for what happened to Melody and that a full investigation be done by the Australian authorities. And we are also calling accountability to the Philippine government um, to be accountable for this to the labor export policy that they have been pushing um, for so many decades until now and that we Filipinos always um, fall prey to the abuses, not only from the partners um, that Filipinos land on, but also to their employers. So, yeah, and long live international solidarity.
2: Thank you, Ness. Um, as has been pointed out, Melody was the sole breadwinner for her family. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, we, uh, will be collecting donations. Um, I think maybe is a good time. Who brought the bucket for you brought the bucket? Excellent. Um, so we might just take a couple of minutes, um, to pass that around, um, and, and reflect on Melody's life and, and the loss that. Um, we've all suffered as um, the trans community, the Filipino community, migrant workers, women. Um, yeah, so I'll give a couple of minutes for that before our next speaker, or I might announce our next speaker now and you guys can sort of just pass that around if that's cool. Um, so, our next speaker we have Ravi from the Philippines Australia Solidarity Association, PASA. So, please welcome Ravi.
6: We gather here tonight to pay tribute to the life of Melody Bruno, a transgender Filipina who recently died in Wagga, in New South Wales. We extend our heartfelt condolences to Melody's family way back in the Philippines, and we stand together with them in demanding for justice for the crime committed against Melody. The spate of violent killings of Filipino nationals in recent years have been a huge concern for the Filipino community and in particular violence against women and in this instance violence against uh, trans women of color have been an ongoing issue not only for the filipino community but also for the general public at large despite the government's effort to reduce violence against women it still persists and continues to persist up to this day filipino community organizations like migrante and Gabriela have been campaigning for many years here in Australia for greater public awareness of the vulnerability of Filipino women to violence. And we in PASA call on all government's concerned and the criminal justice system to do their work. And we also call to the Filipino community to continue supporting the campaign in bringing justice for Melody Bruno. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Raby. Um, while, that, while those donation buckets are also going around, I'd just like to point out on the Facebook um, event page, there is a link um, to a PayPal. Um, so if you can't contribute cash today, um, please send money via PayPal, which will go directly to the family. Um, all donors must add a note that says justice for Melody um, when donating. So yeah, thank you so much everyone for your amazing generosity um, and helping, helping out Melody's family. Um, Our last speakers are Yanni and Sophie. They're speaking on behalf of Anti-Colonial Asian Alliance. They they organize around indigenous migrant refugee solidarity and justice. So please welcome Yanni and Sophie. Hi
7: everyone. My name is Yanni and this is Sophie. Um, as Laura said, we are speaking on behalf of Anti-Colonial Asian Alliance. Today we come together on unceded lands of the Wurundjeri and people on the Kulin Nation to demand justice for Melody Polan Bruno. We come together to mourn her loss as daughter, sister, friend and valued member of a family and communities in deep grief. We recognize that Melody's death was not just a willful violation against the existence and dignity of a trans woman of color. Her murder is situated within a wider social context, where within a week, five women, four of them women of color, were brutally murdered and taken from their loved ones and communities. This violence is not individual. It is historical, systemic, and global. In the settler colonial context of so-called Australia, racial and gendered violence is not the exception, but the rule. It is foundational to this state. ex nationals have been particularly targeted in so-called Australia. In March, a young Filipino man was here on a traineeship visa working in a winery in Jawa He allegedly jumped out of a speeding car and died. A Filipina woman in Western Australia was murdered by a partner. Under an exploitative and violent system of global extraction, millions of Filipina women and trans people are made to live and work in precarious and dangerous situations to survive. We recognize that Melody's murder is situated in a world built on this historical foundation of violence, patriarchy and white supremacy that deems certain lives inherently extractive, disposable and unworthy of justice when just unworthy of justice when violence is enacted. It's not enough to demand that the very systems that are designed to silence and kill our trans sisters and sisters of color protect the same communities they vilify and detest. We only have each other to turn to if we're going to envision and achieve real justice. In demanding justice for Melody, we ask Asian allies in so-called Australia to turn to each other and build safe and resilient communities communities that are willing to actively dismantle the day-to-day harms rooted in colonial colonization, imperialism, racism, ableism, sexism, classism, and transphobia until our trans sisters and uh, trans sisters of color receive the respect and justice they deserve. It is our responsibility to commit to this work. To end, we would like to share a poem by a Filipina trans woman, Joshua Jennifer Espinoza, and would like for you to listen to her words. This
0: poem is called, This Is What Makes Us Worlds. Like light, but in reverse,
7: we billow. We
0: turn a corner and make the hills disappear. You rearrange my parts until no more hurting. No more skin sunk nighttime fear. No more blameless death. My hair loses its atoms. My body glows in the dark. Planets smashed into oblivion, stripped of their power to name things. Our love fills the air. Our love eats the deadly sounds men make when they see how much magic we have away from them. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Yani and Sophie. Just to wrap up, I'd like to thank everyone for coming today. It is vitally important that we keep up the fight against this against the systemic injustice and violence that took Melody's life and protects her murderer. We must continue to fight for sovereignty for indigenous peoples here and worldwide. We must continue to fight against the violence facing the trans community, against the violence, mis- violent misogyny and racism impacting women of color and migrant women too. I strongly encourage anyone of you who has the capacity to get involved um, with some of the groups that we heard from today or other organizing community groups. Um, I think we might just wrap up by. We're taking a group photo for anyone who wants
1: And that was audio from the Justice for Melody Poland Bruno rally held in Melbourne not too long ago and that was just Laura McLean speaking there. You're tuned into Queerings the yeah, on 3CR Community Radio 855 AM on your AM dial streaming live at 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming and on demand and on digital radio um, So that brings us to a close for the melody poll and bruno content for today's show um up soon later in the show in i'll be speaking uh, to one of the organizers involved in blockade imark um but before that i think i should mention um a counseling service if that brought up any issues for you switchboard have their their service 24 um, their phone number on 1-800-184-527, 1-800-184-527, and have a web chat, qlife.org.au from 3pm, that operates 3pm um, to midnight, seven days a week. Um, next I'm going to play a track for you, Papophilia, um, from their, their release, Peace Was Never an Option, and the title is a very... A longer title, it's Endless Copies Distributed and Disordered from Their Origin. Stay tuned to 3CR Community Radio, this is Queering the Air and I'm Iris. And that was Papa Philly with Peace Was Never an op- never an Option. They have a launch coming out on November 30. Check that out if you're interested. I'm Iris, and you're tuned into Queering the Out and 3CR Community Radio. Um, and next, I'm going to be talking about Blockade iMark, and I have on the line Marion, who's one of the organisers. Can you hear me? Yes. Awesome. Um, do you want to talk a little, about, a little bit about yourself first?
0: Um. Sure, um, I guess I'm one of, I guess I'm a volunteer with um, a couple of different collectives um, doing different kinds of anti capitalist, anti colonial work. Oh, and I just accidentally nearly stole a library book from the library. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, sorry, I guess I'm involved with LASNET, um, Latin American Solidarity Network, and MASL, so my Butcher Aboriginal Struggles for Indigenous land collectives. Um, And I'm just one of the volunteers that's part of um, the big coalition of people that was organising the blockade.
1: Yeah. Could you speak some more about what IMARC is? I heard that the companies represented there are responsible for 18% of greenhouse gas emissions, are deeply involved in in mining operations that are also incorporated in Indigenous peoples being murdered, such in, yeah, in South America?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so um, I guess, like, for people that don't know what Imark is, it uh, stands for the International Mining and Resources Conference. Um, and it's been held um, in Melbourne the last couple of years. I'm not sure exactly for how long, but there's been resistance to it pretty consistently um, each time that it's been happening. And, yeah, like all of the big players in the mining industry are represented there, BHP, Rio Tinto, BP Energy, Oceania Gold. Um, you know, it's like a huge who um, of all of the players in the mining industry. And uh, the um, basically it's kind of like speed dating for the mining industry, if you can think about it. Um, the corporate executives and bosses of these companies come to plan how they can better integrate and connect themselves with financial um, organisations and institutions, with engineers. NGOs come there to try and talk about how green, clean and sustainable mining is. Um, and It's basically kind of a big um, networking and um, organising event for um, these companies to expand their operations throughout the world and expand the agenda
1: of, you know, extractivism. Yeah. That's definitely the case. Such a massive conference and it's been going for a number of years. Um, uh, What was your experience at the protest? Because there's been a lot of media about it and they tell their Mm. perspective and we heard some of the alternative perspective on 3CR, but what was it like for you?
0: Yeah. I guess it's been um, pretty... um, Wild, like hearing some of the media, um, you know, like and it's just like to it's it's always interesting, you know. I mean, have an analysis of what the media is about, and you know how they they are in the interest of maintaining these industries and these systems and upholding them through the way they tell narratives, the way they tell stories, what they what they report on, what they don't report on, all kind of questions that they ask. But you know, seeing it all kind of play out in live time. It's all you know. Never kind of gets old, but um, the you know there's been a lot of attention um, on the police violence um, and like their reaction to the protests, how they policed, how they protected the mining industries um, and the you know property of the convention center and the interests of the conference. Um, and uh, but yeah, I think it's important to like step out a little bit and take a bit of a longer view um, that. You know, firstly, I guess, for the actual action, I feel like it was really powerful in a lot of ways. There's incredible examples Mm. um, of, like, people coming together and, you know, um, taking a direct action together to try to directly stop um, these industries from doing what they're doing, directly get in the way of their operations um, and try and disrupt and challenge that really strongly together, um, like, as a collective, um, and... Um, and, you know, so that involved, like, different tactics throughout the different days. There were people, you know, coming together, like, linking arms and blockading the entrances to stop delegates from getting in. Um, there were people, you know, gluing on in, you know, car parks, stopping to try and stop cars from getting in. And, you know, lots of other creative strategies trying to disrupt um, and shut down the conference. Um, and. Uh, so and, and it was, you know, very effective in different ways in terms of that short-term goal. Um, it's, you know, a very huge conference of like 7,000 people coming from all over the world to attend it. Um, and also just in terms of the, if you look at some of the like media that the conference themselves have put out about the protest, um, you know, like they make lots of apologies to their international guests for, you know, that... Melbourne, you know, is hospitable, you know, don't get the wrong idea about Melbourne, you know, we really love the mining industry and, you know, don't mistake these unruly protesters for the hospitality that's world-renowned of Melbourne and it's like, um, there, um, yeah, like, it, it, there has been, I think, a strong um, impact in terms of, you know, effectively people gaining access to the conference, um, but also, just like around the consciousness and the narrative um, that has been going on um, in terms of what these companies um, are part of, the systems of extractivism and new colonialism that they are a part of around the world um, and that it's not just about this one conference or this one company, but the systems that they're a part of and that they power. Um, and so I think that, yeah, on lots of different levels there's been a lot of strength and I think also that there's so many learnings to happen, especially organising in a big coalition. You know, I mean, you know, historically it's always been a big tactic throughout different social movements, in a, you know, here and around the world. But I pay tributes to, you know, our activist ancestors because it takes a lot of patience um, and, you know, emotional effort and skill to try to engage in big coalitions with lots of different groups where there's a lot of different political ideas about change that are sometimes conflicting and trying to find mm. where the common ground is and what you can work on. So I think that um, there's a lot of learnings. Also, I just think it was quite powerful in terms of like people sharing their experiences of what it was like to be a part of a, like a direct action with you know several hundred other people and the things that people learn, you know, inside themselves and their body about what's possible um, and maybe challenging their ideas of what's possible, especially when they're with other people, um, like about holding space or, you know, um, being able, just expanding their ideas and thinking more creatively about resistance, um, you know, to these systems and structures and models and, yeah, um, thinking more creatively about what's possible, um, I think is another interesting thing and powerful thing that's come out of it um yeah so i've been yeah. thinking a lot that i don't I, i'm not ranting
1: no that's fine that's fine um yeah i was just thinking as well as you touched on some of the like coalitional work and i was there on some yeah. of the days and i was thinking about some of the tensions at the protest because there's some people especially after the um the police repression a bit like we shouldn't yell at the police we should be a bit quieter um Yeah, could you speak to some of those tensions at the protest?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, there's tensions, like, within any kind of, you know, organising work, because we're working in the real world, and, you know, all of the dynamics replicate themselves. Um, But, like, I think that it is, it's definitely challenging, um, you know, organising when there's different understandings about the police, about the state, about the society that we live in, about you know, climate change, about climate justice, about what these things are, where they come from, why these problems exist and how, what what kind of, um, what is necessary to challenge them or what, what, we, what direction we should be working towards. So, like, they're all things that there's a massive diversity of perspectives on, you know, within the community and then within this organising and within these actions and people who rock up. So um, it's very ongoing work to um, try and have critical conversations about this and like challenge our perspectives and consciousness around all these topics you know for example like you know police like um, I think it's really important you know there's often a this dynamic where in the face of all the police violence that sometimes people feel surprised or shock or things like that but mm. you know it's really important to interrogate where those feelings will com- come from what beliefs Bring those feelings up, like um, why, like when when police like actively brutalise and violate people every single day as part of their job description and purpose. That that's why the police exist. Like who they protect, what the police were created to do, like maintaining white sovereignty, white you know colonial possession of the land. Like who, what populations they control, like that, that they are at the service of capital and the state and colonialism and patriarchy, like, that they uphold, they're a force that upholds and perpetuates that, like, that's, that's, um, that. you know, like, challenging and thinking critically about the role of the police um, is a big ongoing part, I think, of this movement, because, um, and not just the police, but the state itself, um, because what can happen is that, you know, in the response to when police do their job and defend, you know, the property and mining industry and the interests of these, you know, these powerful interests is that, um, you know, in the response that can happen both, you know, individually and collectively in terms of the media and the narrative that we say can go, oh, you know, the brutality of the police, you know, they really overstepped the line, blah, blah, blah. When actually, is that really true? Like, you know, the police are just fulfilling their role, you know, if we think about what their role actually is. Um, and the violence that they're doing, this is just a taste of the violence that so many people experience every day, um, not just here, but around the world. Um, And, yeah, that if we are condemning police brutality, that we're condemning it always and everywhere, Um, and all the people, especially First Nations people, migrants, communities of colour, refugees, asylum seekers, queer people, trans people, who face and resist that violence every single day... And that if we want to resist or denounce it, um, we need to think critically about who we're standing with and that we don't, you know, unwittingly start to justify the police's use of violence, saying that some people deserve that violence and some don't, or creating, you know, ideas Mm. like there's good protesters and bad protesters and feeding into and justifying um, the police's and the state violence. Yeah.
1: Um, so that was a long rant, but. <laughs> no, yeah, so much in there. Thanks um, for all of that. And yeah, then one of the other responses, especially coming out, is this sort of like bad apple police response. And thanks for like spelling out sort of the systemic issues with police violence. So could you sort of end on where to from here? What are your sort of your reflections?
0: Yeah, well, I guess um, I feel hopeful, you know, because I feel like. Um, a lot of people, while they, you know, people have their, you know, trauma experience of experiencing a lot of violence and seeing a lot of that in the media, there is people, like, reflecting on the power of um, having this collective experience um, and, you know, and um, I think I feel like there's a lot of energy for what's possible now um, and people, you know, being willing to try new things, you know, and engage in direct actions and, um, participate um in you know taking a more active role in um, in if we think about you know like the movements that we're talking about, I think that you know there's different targets you know there's i mean there's the target of next year's IMARC conference which is planned to be back same back channel same back time um, but then also yeah between here and now like um just i, um, I have i feel hopeful about the capacity that has hopefully been built and increased from a lot of people working together, some people participating in their first, you know, blockade or first form of direct action that just wasn't just holding a sign. Um, And so that I feel like this has brought... um, This can hopefully open up the possibilities um, for, like, the broader climate justice movement. Um, um, And, yeah, and, I mean... Um, there's some debriefs that are happening. There's one that's happening today um, at Trades Hall and there's lots of ongoing kind of discussions that different groups are um, having to kind of debrief and talk through um, the lessons learnt throughout this campaign, the organising process and the blockade itself and thinking about um, what's next. So I definitely encourage people to think about that within their own collectives, within their own communities and networks and friends. Um, and, yeah, and participate and engage and um, um, and see everyone in the streets.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me on Queering the Air 3CR, Marion.
0: Yep. Thanks so much, Iris. Love the show. <laughs>
1: Love you. Bye. Bye. And that was Marion, an organiser from Blockade iMark. I'm just going to play some audio from the protest. And that was one of the chants at the protest, like connecting the Justice for Tanya Day campaign to the Save, Drop, Wrong, Sacred Landscapes campaign. There was lots of creative chants at the protest. It was really interesting. Um, so we've reached almost the end of our show today on Queering the Air. I'm just going to shout out to a few events. Um, there's a prisoner letter writing workshop at IRL Info Shop coming up next Saturday, Saturday the 16th. Um that's one event that's really important for people inside. To get have, like maintaining community with people outside pr- like prison. Um yeah, so check that out if you're interested. There is queer stories curated by New Nuka Guri coming up on November twenty, so that's this Wednesday. Um so check that out if you're interested and Coming up on November 22, November 27th is Visibility Exhibition in Opening um, hosted by Wyndham Art Gallery at 6.30pm. And that's talking about ableism and connections with many other systemic oppressions as well. Definitely check that out. It's curated um, by Hannah Mor- Morphy-Walsh and Pauline Vituno, who's also creating... The disability day programming for Black Indigenous people of colour coming up um, early in December on 3CR Community Radio. So check that out if uh, you're interested. I will be putting these links in the podcast show, no- show notes. Um, and up next is Hip Sister Hop, um, and Hip Sister Hop are uh, looking for new pro looking for a new program team. Um, so DJ Abyss is looking for black brown crew to continue the dedication in broadcasting the voices of black indigenous brown women and gender non-conforming folks and if you want to help create a music show filled with makers discussion and events and you fit that criteria i definitely recommend you join and like i said if you don't know dj bis definitely hit her up so stay tuned for hipsters drop for the next hour and a half i'm iris and this has been querying the air You can tune in next week from three to four. Bye.
4: You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.